0: Welcome to the podcast, Let the Prophet Speak. Today we are studying the Prophet Micah, Chapter 5. That would be the Navi Micha, Perek He. And we have the the first several verses of Chapter 5 that we're about to read are continuations of themes that Micah has brought up in the first several chapters. So, in... La- in the preceding chapter that we just read and that was chapter 4 verse 8 um, I, uh, the Micah told us that of a promise that that in the days of the uh, Messiah that in the days of the redemption that the the original kingdom of of David the kingdom of the house of David will be re-established in Basel in Zion in Jerusalem the in addition in chapter two, just a couple a little bit ago uh, verse 3 um, Micah gave us a special uh, uh, it clearly defined for us what the um, property of The leaders should be of what the you know what a true Jewish leader should be when he criticized them over there This is chapter 2 verse 3 and said Right I am going to take I'm going to bring uh, evil bring punishment upon this family uh, and he says, Velo roma." they will no longer go walk in an arrogant way with their heads stretched out. That was where Micha gave us a hint and told us that our leadership family should not be arrogant, should not be too high on themselves. And then again in chapter four, Micha stated, this is in the most recent chapter, he told us about the day and the day and the end of days when all of the nations will come and gather in Zion." Now the question then is, um, the obvious, uh, I think one would be thinking is, if the family, if the ruling family and the leaders have been so arrogant, like Micha has described them, why is God reestablishing the kingdom, the kingdom of David? Shouldn't it be something new? And then Micha in this chapter is going to remind us that the kingdom of David The Memshalah HaRisho, not like he said in chapter 4, the original monarchy was was known for its humility. And that was what distinguished David as a person, was his humility. And um, the kingdom of David is distinguished by their humility, and that this will be restored. And Micha reminds us of this, saying, Yes, now I am criticizing you for being arrogant. However, once upon a time, the original monarchy was not like that. And he says, as we know, that David came from the city of Bethlehem, Bethlehem, which was in the region of Ephrat. Um, We've seen this several times. So therefore he starts, chapter 5, verse 1, You, the town of Bethlehem, in the region of Ephrat, You are the smallest and the least, meaning the most humble of all of the towns and villages and groups that lived among Yehuda. The people that lived there were the humblest among them. They weren't the wealthiest, they weren't the strongest, they weren't the most pompous. They were the least. Therefore, mimcha li'yeitzeh, therefore it is from you that will come out for me, li'yot moshel Israel, the ruler, the leader of Israel mime olam, and it you the origins of this kingdom is something that happened from the old days, from way back when. And these are the ones that I want to rule in the future. The house of David, which is known for its humility, as opposed to its arrogance. The therefore, name therefore, God. If if we, if we uh, just before we read this the, the the verse two which I'm about to read I need to remind you that in the in the last chapter uh, four verses nine and ten I'm just gonna read them to you really quick to remind you when Micah was telling the people if you forgetting about God if you're ignoring God um, why are you uh, you know you know Why are you screaming? He said, Why are you screaming so loud? Did you forget that God is among you? And he said, And because you have forgotten God, and because you're looking to every other place for strength, to yourselves, to other people, instead of looking towards God, therefore you are going to be gripped by the pain of childbirth. And then he went ahead and said in verse 10, Go ahead, the daughter of Zion, scream and yell like a woman in labor, because it is time for you to go into exile. Therefore, now in verse two, Lochain Therefore, yitneim. This is so. Yeah, I just told you that I'm going to reestablish the kingdom of David because they were so humble, and it is this reason that I am going to um, to leave the people ad es yolada until the time when they go through this pain this pain of exile this is the reason why because of the um because of the arrogance of the people and once they go through that pain of exile they will learn to be humble the yes and then the remainder of his brothers those that remain in the people of Israel those that have learned the lesson and uh, of, of the exile Israel, they will return to rejoin the entire people of Israel that are now gathering in the land of Israel and then he will stand and he will be shepherded by the strength of God not by this because he has now learned the lesson that it's not in human beings it's not in himself it's not in magical things it's not in 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 uh, in um, idols that one should look for for strength. But now that he's learned this lesson, he can sit and enjoy being shepherded by God's strength. In the greatness and loftiness of the of the name of the Lord, his God. And then they will return, or this could mean here, then they will settle in the land, or it could mean, and they will return to God, because now God is great throughout the entire world. God's name is now known among all of the nations, everywhere from the end, all the ends of the earth. shalom, and this will then give finally peace. Real peace will come when the people are relying on God alone. Ashur ki avo viartenu. Then, when the nation of Ashur, the reason why Micha, the prophet, is referring to Assyria right now is because, as we know, in his time, Assyria were the main enemies. So when on it then when. In the future, there will be peace. And then, when Ashur comes, when Assyria comes in our land, when they come and they start to trample our fortresses, then it's not going to be a problem because then we'll be able to establish, to fight against him and protect ourselves. We'll be able to appoint seven shepherds, and eight um, <coughs> leaders, eight uh, princes or leaders that our men. Now this this phrase here seven shepherds and and eight men is really um is really referring to the um it, it's it's kind of a, a a manner of speech that they had in those uh, in those days. Seven or eight when you, someone would say seven or eight it means a lot of leaders. In other words, we'll have many many people that'll be able to stand up and lead us in our defense against Assyria should they invade during those times. Um, the Radak compares this to Kohelet, to Ecclesiastes, where it says, um, uh, it's in chapter 11, verse 2, where it says, When it's talking about giving your food to, um, uh, to poor people, it says, give it to 7 or give it to 8, which means give it to a lot of poor people, it doesn't mean a specific number, but it's just a simple manner of speech, and just like it meant it there, it means that over here we're going to appoint seven or eight people to fight against the Assyrians and protect us. We won't have to worry about it in those future days. And then we'll be able to protect ourselves because those leaders um, will will um, will shepherd uh, the land of Ashur with sword they will take over it with sword Nimrod and the land of nimrod which is another up-and-coming enemy the people of babylon uh, will be destroyed in their gates and he god will save us from assyria when he comes into our land and when he stumbles over our boundaries in the future we won't have to worry there will be peace And we will have the leaders that are humble, the leaders that rely on God. And now in verse 6, And the remainders of Yaakov, those that are in exile, that are now spread out amongst those nations, they will be like dew, which comes directly from God, like raindrops that falls upon the grass. Dew and rain give sustenance to... The, the grass and the and the fields. The people of Israel and I'm, i there's several different explanations and understandings. The Evan Ezra has a beautiful understanding. He has two. I'm going to use his second pshat, which is really really beautiful, and he says the people of Yaakov who are now spread out amim rabim that are within those other nations, they will teach. Their purpose and is to spread the word of God throughout those nations and to teach them. And they will be like dew and like rain for all those nations and bring them to knowledge of God and love of God as well. This will be their mission. So that to the extent, Asher ish, ya adam, that those people also will not be looking to human beings. They will not be hoping for humans to save them. They will not be looking to people as the powerful ones, but rather they will also know to look to God. We should remember... This, this, this term of kital, the Ebenezer got this from the verse in Hosea, which we learned together from the prophet Hosea, chapter 14, verse 6, where God says, Israel, I will be like dew to the Jewish people. And over there, if you recall, because we studied this together before, the do was referring to the love that God has for the Jewish people, and he will be like love and something sustaining them, and therefore the the verse there continues, They will grow and blossom like flowers, like roses, and their roots will strike in the ground, strong like the trees in Lebanon. So the idea there was that Tal is something that brings sustenance and knowledge, and uh, helps, and helps. The, 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 the people um, grow and, and, and flourish. Uh, the Ebenezer compares that to here and says the Jewish people will be like that for the nations. They will with love bring the knowledge of God like dew and like rain to all of the peoples of the world so that they can learn these lessons as well. And then the remainder of the people Will, that are among the nations will be beker of amim that are strewn and spread out throughout all the nations. They are going to want to return again. I'm I'm uh, reading this according to the vahamos They are like a lion among the um, the animals of the field. A lion because no animal can stop a lion. If a lion wants to go somewhere, the lion will get where he wants to go is another name for a lion the Edryatzon was amongst flocks of sheep the nations that were previously trying to stop the people from getting out and going will no longer be able to do so I usually don't comment on current historical events but this reminds me very much of the exodus of the Jewish people from the Soviet Union when the Soviet Union was collapsing for so long the country surrounding them held them in kept them in but then once God opened the door, they were like an, a lion among sheep. The Soviet Union, that had fallen apart, was like sheep. Was unable to stop them from going back to their land, going back to the land of Israel. Asher imovar v'romas, if the lion decides to pass through and to tear through and trample the taraf and attack the other animals in order to get where it wants to go, v'ein matzil nobody can stop it. Nobody can save it. Torom yodcha al When it comes time to come back, if people try to stop you, the nations that want to fight against you, that want to fight against God, you can raise your hand against them and all of your enemies will be cut off. And it will be in that day in the future, says God. You will no longer need implements of war. I will take away your horses. Horses are generally considered implements of war on your chariots you won't need guns and tanks and warplanes and warships to protect yourself anymore that would be unnecessary God says I'm going to take them away because you're going to live in peace and I will take away even the cities the Ebenezer again explains that living in cities people live in cities in order to protect themselves and they find find comfort and protection in the city. However, it's much better, it's much healthier. I mean, as it refers to the air, is much more spacious and more beautiful to live in the fields and the farms. You won't need cities anymore. I will take down all of your fortresses. You won't need to protect yourself any longer. And at this time, since you're looking to God now, no longer will you use... Try to use magic and incantations and amulets and whatever else people look to for nonsensical uh, help and you will no more longer have people uh, trying to fortune tellers and soothsayers take away your idols and all of your yourbo these are monuments built to idols and this is key and no longer. Will you bow to the works of your own hands? This is the source of arrogance. This is arrogance to its utmost. When people worship themselves, worship the things that they created as if they have power, as opposed to looking to God, where true power comes from. And your sacred trees that you plant, I'm going to take them out. And again, I will destroy your cities. This sounds like something bad, but it's actually referring to the destruction, meaning you will no longer need these big powerful cities because you'll be living in comfort. The Ossisi, and this is the final verse, verse 14 of chapter five, and I will do with, ba'afu in anger and in wrath, nokomes will take vengeance against those nations, asher lo shameo, those nations that do not heed this lesson. Those last three words are key, asher lo shameo is key to understanding all of what we have read in this prophet micah so far that in the future day the many nations that will come to god are the ones that humble themselves the nations that the jewish people will destroy are the ones who tried to prevent them from returning but the others are going to learn from the people about god and they're all going to be together coming to jerusalem and the ones that god says over here in verse 14 that that he will destroy are the ones that do not listen and do not get the message. Thank you so much for studying Mi'cha chapter 5. Looking forward to studying chapter 6 together Mm -hmm. as well.